the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. It is the Bon Anniversaire edition, right? Très bien, très bien. Uh, um, it's the Feliz Cumpleaños to Eric. Um, Gracias. We got together yesterday for the first time in like felt like three years in a forever second. yeah yeah but it was good it was like it was like almost a quilombolas meeting like literally it's true yeah i didn't think about that you're right yeah we were only missing uh what's his name mr levitt thank you levitt yep. levitate that's what we yep. Levitate. it was a good time it was really nice yeah, to no. see all you guys yeah had, had some fun times it was and, good and the weather was helpful also weather was, was lovely, perfect lovely weather um, I got to see Bigotes live <laughs> and lo- literally like I want him to dress up as a general with those Bigotes, <laughs> like, like the general from the commercials, the insurance commercials, load of totally. Yes. That's what I want, but we'll see if that happens. We got to taste some wonderful rum cake. Yes. And I think we drank all the wine everyone brought because I don't think anyone brought any home. There was, yes, there was a lot of. Everybody did their part when it came to imbibing of alcohol. That, that is for sure. Um, yeah. yeah and and we did not leave at 1030. Like you we did not have planned. We did not. We did not. Which it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So it was great. So, yeah. Was, so here we are. It's just me and Eric today. We are going to do our best to be somewhat awake. But um, we, will get, we got lots of interesting stuff going on. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you want to talk about the, the go for women? Gophers, absolutely. So before we left off last week, um, they were going to play Maryland. And so they, they just tied Rutgers, which is basically like a W for them, one of the best teams in the country. Um, and they went to Maryland and they won 2-1, which we kind of expected they would. Um, and then on the actual birthday on Thursday, they played Purdue and also won that match 2-0. That was their last home game here at Elizabeth uh, Robbie. They have a match tomorrow, their their last regular season match at Illinois. But because they won that Purdue match, they locked themselves into the playoffs. So, para beans, congratulations. Um, now, they are still sitting in that last place. But there's enough spread between them and the next team. I think it's Iowa, if I'm not mistaken, that they, they can't make up the distance. Um, but I'm sure Minnesota would love to get another win at this last game tomorrow and maybe try and uh, up their position a little bit and try and sneak into like a seven or six or whatever. Cause there's two, if I'm not mistaken, try to remember, I think it's Wisconsin and Nebraska are both at five, three and one, which is what Minnesota would be. So if they get some help and either one of those two teams lose maybe on goals or whatever they can jump, but they're in. So the main thing is they get a postseason. So congrats. That's awesome. I didn't yeah. know about that. So that's great. I know they would yep. be having a decent season, and I did know that they beat Maryland. So that was – I didn't know what how the Purdue game was. But look at that. That's awesome. I mean – Definitely. At least now we know that they actually are in the playoffs instead of spending 30 minutes going through the Big Ten soccer <laughs> page. <laughs> that was such a disaster last week. <laughs> trying to figure out if that's what's going to happen. At least now we know for sure. So it's like, the, yeah. The, patron, the patrons got to hear a little bit of our snippet, like doing it in real time. What, what a nightmare. I was like, what is this? <laughs> This is crazy. It was. It was. It was. It was. Um, all right. Let's let's switch to uh, MLS here, Rodrigo, and I'll uh, I'll lean on you a little bit more for some of these. Um, just to recap a little bit of kind of how things went. So we you know we were just starting out. Um, in fact, when we got done recording, we had uh, the two matches of the day, which were Austin hosting Salt Lake, the two and the seven. And then on the other side, you had the same thing, uh, two and seven, but Montreal and Orlando. Um, I was running errands and actually listening to the Austin FC Salt Lake game that afternoon. Uh, it was kind of a nail biter. Um, I, by the time I tuned in, uh, 
I was very surprised, Rodrigo, I don't know if you were watching this from the get-go, but I tuned in and it was RSL2 Austin Nil, and I kind of yeah. had to I had to double check to make sure that was correct, and it was. So take it from there. No, I mean the first goal was scored within I think the first five minutes by yes. Cordova, and then there was a PK, and then Drizzi had a, a wonderful goal. But the most important thing is you've all heard um, how much uh, Ruben is 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 not one of my favorite players in RSL. Well, he already was yelling in a yellow, and for some reason, trying to press the goalkeeper um, slid into the goalkeeper on purpose, not going for the ball or anything, and ended up having to get uh, a double yellow. So yes. That happened so that, early in the second, like yeah, 50 we're talking something like minute. 50 something minute. So mm-hmm. literally for like almost a whole half a game, RSL was holding down the game with one player down. For like, oh, this, this is what I texted you. I'm like, dude, are you watching this? Yeah, That's you know, right. I text me. I was like, what's going on? I was like, no, let me tune in. I was like, holy cow. Yes. It's like, this is a mess. <laughs> right. And then, um, and of course, in the 92nd minute, right, there's a, PK. Yep. And like it was like a big arguing match about this whole thing, the PK and everything else. And I was like, and then boom, you know, 3C scores. It's 2 2. That only means we are going to extra time. And right after. Um, this, this, by time, this point, I was in the car. Like I yeah. actually got to watch a little bit of this one because it was on uh, national ABC. But na- then I was running around. So now, now I'm just listening to the the audio commentary. Go ahead. And so it was just Fagundes. Uh, it was doing. It was just a lot of like um, back and forth, back and forth. But you could totally tell that the players were tired and frustrated. Um, I mean, kudos to to RSL for like stay literally playing with for ten for ten players for like sixty minutes. If Long not time. that, yeah, yeah, like a full game and. Um, it ended up going to PKs, mm-hmm. and um, let's let's let me mention really quick before yeah, you ahead. do that. Well, McMath goes down in one of those at some point in the extra time, and I don't know if they said this on the TV broadcast, but on the radio broadcast, they said he pulled something in his hip, and it's just like wow. So pretty pretty sure at this point they're already predicting it's going to get penalties, and your keeper who's done an outstanding job and is probably you know, already planning on penalties, all of a sudden gets injured with like no time left. There was that little added stress ball. Um, and then I guess take it from there. PKs. Yeah. And then PKs and um, Harry Potter lover, um, Brad Stuber play lights out. I think, um, you know, there was a couple that they, they shot over and then didn't, but just Stuver proved his, his weight in gold. And you, you can't be happier for a better human being to be able to to show up inside with all the goalkeepers, you know. Um, he's a good guy. It's a good guy. Austin wins three one in penalties, and they move yep. on. But what a what a crazy start to like the yes. MLS. Like, like I don't like. It's really funny. People always ask me. Like I was like, well, I was like, what's so good about the MLS? The playoffs. I said, you get to the playoffs, and it's just chaos. Everything Total is chaos. chaos. Yep, and agreed. it's like. The best thing because it's all chaos and that's what we want we want chaos in some sort of sense it's like it's like the novelas of novelas is like you know it's awesome it's that totally. yeah so this one the other one was a little more contrasting on the on the eastern side uh montreal and orlando uh not as much chaos it was mostly montreal just kind of dictating everything i didn't get, i watched the highlights of this thing um but they just didn't give orlando any space i mean they had them just completely locked down shut down no, I think it was it was it was a good show at Montreal. I'm really happy for uh, Le Club de Foot. You you are on the 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 Tour de France right now. You're yeah. the, the, the shoot de la France, all the French. Shoot de la France. Um, <laughs> but the the corner goal was pretty. Like I mm-hmm. have, but I can't I can't understand because like the way that they were defending Orlando was 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 good. They just made one tiny mistake is that when you're, you know, is that they weren't defending the back foot of the, of the players. So when Kone got the ball, first touch was amazing and he was already into space and he hit it. And so like, 
I mean, I can't like as a coach, I could not be mad about that goal because like you were there. Yeah, but that was the one that was like super tiki taka, right? They're like mm -hmm. five or six passes, and then oh, it was beautiful. Halovich like like passed it as he's falling down, tripping, and it goes right into into uh, Kone's foot, right, and his and his back foot as he's going forward. So that means like literally, he's already covering. You know, he's already protecting the ball, and the ball just goes in front of him. It just you know, I mean, the first touch on that is just amazing. Like, mm-hmm. kids, always practice your first touch. Your first touch will mm-hmm. save you. So, that, that, yeah. that's and the, so uh, Montreal shake. just was in cruise mode after that. I mean, um, hats off to Orlando. I mean, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fantastico, Mr. Pulpo mm-hmm. uh, did win goal of the year, uh, save of the year um, for the MLS. And it's great because Mr. Pulpo, um, you know, that, that save of the year came against Atlanta. Like, He's talking about Gallese in case yeah. you all don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Pulpo um, saved it against uh, yeah. our famous uh, Dom Dwyer. There you go. So, so at um, least they got that. But besides that, I mean, that was probably the most, that and probably the NYCFC game were probably that's where the we're going. most, like, um, what should we say, expected outcomes, right? And, yeah, and you know, and that was one of the things that we were looking for. But everything else was just chaos. Right. Well, Monday, let's let's you you did a good segue there. Uh, we started with the NYCFC uh, match hosting Inter Miami, and the first half actually ends nil nil. Um, there were chances. It was it was chippy as we probably expect, but kind of a tale of two halves. And again, I don't know what that halftime speech was, but uh, New York just explodes in the second half. Uh, two goals in five minutes, uh, six minutes. Um, and then, and then Eber gets one in the, uh, in stoppage time. So your full, your score, final score at full time is three nil NYCFC just really, really hit the gas in the second half and into Miami simply couldn't respond. Big win. Yeah. Sad day for all the Gonzalo Higuain fans that right. popped out this, this, uh, this season, but yeah, I mean, old man's retiring. Yep. That means Messi can finally come over. So there we go. <laughs> Maybe Iguain will be like the assistant coach at that point. That, that'd be a wild ride. Um, all right. So then the one we can spend a little time on here, we had uh, the team we focus on a lot in this program, Minnesota United, went to Dallas. Um, this is the six and third. These are both the three and six seeds here. Um any, any, like, the guess the big surprise lineup wise, Rodrigo was maybe that Bongi was back and started and played most of the match, actually. Um, what'd you think? A couple of takeaways. I'll let you start. Like from the first half or the whole game overall? Um, let's, let's do first half. I mean, I thought um, Minnesota needed to be a little bit better in the passing aspect of it. Um, but, you know, Bongi is a player that stretches the field. And I think that was something that they were always looking to do. And they've been doing as of, as late as he gets in the run, you're passing the ball. The problem with Bongi is he's not very good at making decisions one we one or his first touch when he's going forward is not the best. And mm-hmm. so there were lots of opportunities where, like, literally, I think he had two, two like, scoring chances where, like, he just – fumbled the ball and I get it that he hasn't played in a while I get all that but that's been a reoccurring issue with Bongi he's good to stretch the field he's good to do that kind of work and press but he needs to really work on his footwork he needs else, to go to uh Flamengo ball ball control camp I don't know send him to Rio <laughs> send him something. to a favela in Rio <laughs> then then he'll learn <laughs> so uh, but but in one of those plays, right? I mean, I think it was it was it was a one it was a zero zero tie at the half. But it was just one of those things where like everyone, you know, I'm always afraid of Ariola. Yeah, I'm yes. always afraid of Jesus Ferreira. I got his name in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always have uh, Pomacol. You know, I mean, it's like this team is not it's not uh, a pushover, right? Specifically, yeah. what they've been doing as of lately, and um, Ariola was feisty the whole time. It was it was a it was a chippy game with him. Um, Jesus Ferreira was 
was trying to, to do a lot of different things. I forget who the player was that um, the other Argentinian player that we'll talk about towards the end. Oh, um, mm, I don't but he was going at it with a bunch of other players. And oh, uh, Qu- uh, Quinone. Yeah, no, it wasn't Quinone. Um, well, no, no. He's um, there's another well, anyway, one, Esco, Esco something, but anyways, yeah. I, uh, uh, I've i got a lot go of DSC stuff. I was going to say DSC saves everywhere, which is par for the course with this team. I mean, I think he bailed them out a, a number of times. Um, I, I just put a quick note at the kind of in the first 20 minutes or so. I said Dallas uh, doing a pretty good job controlling the midfield and not really, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Not giving Minnesota the opportunity to have a lot of possession. Um I'll skip to like the towards the end of the half, uh, a really tense moment where you, know, you probably remember this Rodrigo DSC gets pretty far out there. Um, I can't remember how the whole thing sets up, but the shot doesn't convert. He goes out. There's an open goal. Martinez does this bicycle attempt and, and somehow Lawrence is able to get over there. And, and I think the ball actually like hits him in the face. No, no, no. <laughs> his like, foot hits him in the face. His foot hits him in the face. That's right. The, of the bike attempt. That's right. I put it in here all in the wrong order, but I just remember that. Yeah, that was a, uh, was a tense moment. <laughs> I, I always thought that if someone takes a bicycle kick in like a very crowded area, like that's dangerous play. Mm. And I don't know, right? Nothing came out of this besides, you know, uh, Lawrence coming Lawrence. out for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no right. car. There was just a foul. And I was like, seriously? I was like, I was like, and that's one thing because Dallas kept trying bicycle kicks after bicycle kicks on set pieces. And I was like, seriously, what are you guys trying to do? Hmm. It's like, you know, you're going to, one of you is going to get kicked out and it got close. I mean, but DSC did the best that he could. Like he kept mm-hmm. us in for that first half. Um, he had a couple of moments where he was a 1v1 that was able to, to win that and stop it. Um, but overall, I mean, like, um, it's it's a different game, I think, when when we had, I think Reynoso did okay. Fragapane was, was hyped up because anytime he gets fouled and he gets mad, you know, they're just arguing about everything. So you get you get the, the Fraga juices going and you just, you know, we don't we don't know where like that's gonna end up. Fraga adrenaline is, is is a very dangerous. It's it's like it's like that kind of thing that Bane has right when he when he turns on and he just goes super angry mode and super. That's I, that's what I figure happens with like Fraga Bane. Like you know like like yeah. he gets angry and all of a sudden you like just it's like the camera pans right into his eyes and his eyes become bloodshot red and all of a sudden you just. He, he, he runs over and, and uh, opens QAnon and fires himself up and then, <laughs> and then, and then goes back on the pitch. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> something like that. Or... Um, let's go to uh, the 53rd minute here after halftime. Uh, a, a, a pretty cool, a pretty cool uh, run of play here. Like, didn't see this thing coming. Uh, Will Trapp sends a really nice ball to Bongi. And it, it's funny, we were just talking about how he needs to – improve on his dribbling and ball control, which is absolutely true, but he does actually get through a bunch of people on this drive. I think he beats at it least was, three it was, players. It was the sloppiest thing. It, it was sloppy, but he, but again, he still beat like three guys. Well, I mean, he pushed the ball to three players. That's literally yeah. what it was. And he didn't fall down. And then eventually as he's falling, he fell down, down at the end, <laughs> he passes the ball out to Ray and Ray hits it beautifully low yep, ball. One time, one time. Beautiful. Perfect. Yep, so, there's your first there goal. There you go. Your leading scorer scored 11 goals and 10 assists mm-hmm. for the Loons this season. And um, it was a, it know, was a good goal. It was a good, good goal. setup, you know. Good on. I mean, we, we screamed it over here. So, um, yeah. It was one of those goals that we need to we, we needed to see, and we were kind of excited, you know. And it always seems to be like in the playoffs, whenever we strike first, it just doesn't see it go well for us. <laughs> Well, that is good foreshadowing, sir, because as we've seen in many times in, in the past, we didn't get that much time to actually hold on to the celebration. Ten minutes later, um, this was off of a corner kick. It's a, it's a double header situation where I can't remember, remember who hits the first header, but one of the Dallas players heads it towards goal. Uh, Quinone is there to head it once again into goal. So there is your tie, 1-1. So, yeah. Not long, ten minutes, Rodrigo. That's been our Achilles heel, just defending set pieces a lot this year, and you know, so 
I mean, I can't really get mad at that goal because the first play, it goes, the ball goes to the first post, first post, uh, as you know, in Spanish, Lepe know, he just kind of combs the ball over. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, the redirection of the ball, it just, it's, it's who's there first. And as much as I like DJ Taylor, he, he could have been there first, but it's just such a quick reaction. Yep. And then, you know, it's, it's a goal and that's it. Right. So, yep. Yep. There is a, it kind of looks like a goal at first live, um, but Ray gets called offside in the 65th. Barely, yeah, but he was offside, yeah. Yep. Uh, 75th, DSC with a huge save off of a cannon of a free kick. I think um, it was Velasco who shot that there. I think yeah. so. I think so. Uh, and that, that kind of wraps the regulation up. So 1-1 on to extra time. Uh, by this time, I was moving and shaking, Rodrigo, so I'll let you take your – if you have any comments on the first and second extra times. I think um... – I think for me is 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 the I feel bad in a sense because Trap has not had a great season so far for us, right? Like he started good and then he got injured and then like it's been a struggle for him to be able to play well. But this was actually Trap's best game, in my opinion. He was physical, he was his passing was on point, he didn't give the ball away too much. He was out there and he like really wanted it. And I think you know, it was it, he set the tempo for a lot of the other players, but um, I didn't understand the substitution. Um, and and you all know how much how much I I rate, um, I rate um, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez um, in that sense. But when the substitutions were made, um, you know. Ariaga comes in for Longwane, which I thought, you know, that's 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 okay. You're going a little bit more defensive, more more long balls, and then uh, Mander Garcia comes in for uh, for Amarilla, who really didn't have a good game at all. But Mander Garcia is a faster person; it's more direct, so that's kind of a change of game, a change of attack. I was like, hey, that's good. And then you bring Rosales in for Agapane, and that really just makes no sense to me at all. I like, like. You need you need ball handlers. Rosales mm-hmm. is not a ball handler. He's more of a winger nowadays. And I'm not saying he's a bad winger, but he's just you need to be able to that. And if you were to add, let's say, Jogo, who's another good ball handling and distribution, that frees up Lude to go up. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what you needed. You needed more offense. Lude had a decent game. Um, he had a couple of shots, but. You know, I, I think the conversation for, for next year is does he really need does it do you want Lude to score goals or do you want Lude just to bottle up the midfield in a sense, mm-hmm. right? And and be that, but uh be that kind of eight. But if you do, you know, then I I feel that you are shortchanging what we've seen from Robin Lude, which <laughs> Cause, is because boy can score. <laughs> yeah, he can score, and we know that. Right. And then that happened the first half of the season. He was scoring goals. Right. Yep. And it was till we had that injury and, you know, Dotson. And so I'm assuming it's going to change um, for the next season. And I'm hope so, because I really want him to score goals and be the backup if anything happens in that midfield. But he should be scoring goals. He should, needs to be yep. part of the offense more than he was the second half of the season. And let me let me bring you back to the extra times though. Is there anything in particular? I mean, or is it mostly from what I was I was listening, I think on the, the radio at this point, and it just it just sounded like everybody was exhausted and they were just like basically everybody was <laughs> probably subconsciously or even consciously thinking, let's just go to penalties because we got no gas. <laughs> was that was that kind of the vibe you got? Yeah, no, I think it was it was kind of the vibe that I, I was getting, but um at the same time, like um, the issue becomes too is like strategically as you're going into extra time, like you want your best penalty takers on the field. And so the substitutions, you know, and I know we knew Robin Lude was coming from an injury, but um, you put in Benitez over Robin Lude. That's right. Uh, um, O'Neill Fisher over Kamar Lawrence and Kamar Lawrence had a good game. So it's like, you know, like. Thanks, Heath. It's 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 it, it's questionable, but at the same time, like if you have faith in your players, I get it. So I don't know, but like when then we go into PKs, right? And like everyone was like, DSC 
this is DSC's game. And I was really thinking mostly like DSC hasn't really been um, in like a PK shootout before. So it's like his first one. So it's like, it's, it's nervous, but it's also understanding. Um, and he almost gets the first one. It goes off his foot, you know, and we go one, one. Um, and then Will Trap comes up. And I felt so bad for him because he just telegraphed where he was going. And then mm-hmm. he got saved. Yep. And then everyone else score after that. So Ariaga score, Benitez score, Mender Garcia scores, um, Reynoso scores. And you literally use a, a lose a pickup five four. And so yep. like um so um I was wrong, right? My prediction was two one. So so I'm wrong for that. But I mean I thought overall they, they had a game and they came to play. And yeah, uh, if this was a team that we would have had like the whole season, then there'd be different conversation that we're having. But with this team, it was just a lot of ups and downs, a lot of moments where yeah, there wasn't that's an understatement. Where there wasn't a I don't say inertia, but just urgency to do the things that we were doing currently, and it leaves a lot of questions as to what's going to happen next year. And that's probably mm-hmm. something we'll dive into after the MLS season is. But but you know. Um, some of the salaries for some of the players were released. So we found that Benitez makes like, I don't know, over 400K for a person that rides the bench. Mm. And Jonathan Gonzalez makes like 250, which I think is a steal. Mm. Um, and there's an option to, to do that. But again, we did not see Metinier throughout this whole season for right. the first game. And so. Yep. And, I mean, he's a big question for sure. Um, I mean, Will Trap for for being captained, and you know, I think he's just a such a hot and cold player, especially hot in terms of getting yellow cards all the time. Um, curious to see if he sticks around. Um, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll kind of see how things develop, and maybe we can do like a, a post mortem at a at a different time. But um, you know, my my main thing is always going to be the coaching staff in the uh, front office, and they clearly have dug in their heels. So uh, I don't put a lot of uh, trust in whatever's, whatever should happen to actually happen. Um, but we'll leave that there. I will say that my, uh, my bracket's looking pretty accurate, Rodrigo. I, I'm only one off in my prediction. I, I picked Miami over NYCFC just because I was, I got, I got greedy because <laughs> I, I won the, uh, the Cincinnati one. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pick the other underdog. Uh, but other than that, nail it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about these quarterfinals, uh, on Thursday, again, I was, had a little B day situation, so I did not watch any of these, but Rodrigo, I will throw to you. Um, so in the East, you had Philadelphia hosting Cincinnati and then in the West, you know, it it was extremely hyped for good reason. Uh, El Trafico, LAFC, LA Galaxy with, uh, the biggest stakes probably in all the El Traficos. Uh, so take it away, sir, whichever one you want first. Um, let's start with what are we uh, we're, we're thinking, which was um, <clears throat> Philly and Cincy. I thought that was going to be, and it was a good game. I thought it was um, just overall um, a really gritty game, and um, Philly is it's got a great atmosphere. Like um, the Sons of Benz uh, is is a freaking like they're they're funny, and and so. But it was um, literally um, at the 59th minute um, they were able to score, and that was literally only the only goal there was. It was tight. Uh, there were plenty of opportunities for both teams, but overall Philly just just pushed through. I do want to say that their coach had matching. Um, matching shoes to his hoodie, his Philly hoodie. And I, I love, I love when the drip is great for a coach in a playoff. And so like, <laughs> yeah. so that was pretty awesome to see, but overall, like, you know, you feel bad for Cincy, but you're really excited for what they, what they got going on for next season. Like, they literally... you... go ahead. But, oh, thanks. I, I was going to ask you about, I mean, we know how potent that Cincinnati attack is with, uh, with Brenner and uh, Velasquez and all of them. Um, how did Philadelphia respond to that? Did they just kind of dominate the midfield and then defense just kind of shut them all down? Or I mean, what, what did you see? How did they stop all that? Well, they attack? press well. 
I think that's one of the things to do is they press really well and, mm-hmm. and they, and they take the space away. But at the same time, like they're also um, very, very well coached in the aspect of what they want to do, moving the ball, but also passing the feet. I think that's, that, that's key, especially in small tight corners spaces, you want to be able to pass the feet um, and not just so much to an area. Cause then, then you leave it up to be a 50 50 and sometimes you can lose that. And when you lose that, you lose the, the momentum and that can lead to a quick counter attack. And there were some moments like that, but I, you know, I think overall, like, I think Philly did what they were supposed to do and, and they won and they moved on. And I thought it was a good game. Um, I do want to point out that the, right around the 60s or 70th minute, um, you could hear the, the chant from the supporter groups of, of Philly saying, uh, saying, um, saying that the singing to Cincinnati, like, you know, about so sad you have to go back to Ohio or go back to Ohio type of shit. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's just straight up direct. Oh, blow. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, all right, you know, and that's what, that's what they did. So then we'll, we'll go ahead and, and, and figure out that part so we have philly moving into to play uh we don't know yet yeah we don't well we don't know yet (laughs) i think it's going to be club the foot (laughs) let's go to the other one though tell me about uh, el trafico oh i swear el trafico delivers every damn time Mm -hmm. and that's probably one of the best rivalries or whatever you want to call um between that and that was i mean el trafico it, it was it, it was too much fun like yeah. in, in all honestly like like um it was a tight game um you knew galaxy was going to be doing things and, and galaxy were hungry um i want to give lots of props to raheem edwards because he was um you know the beginning of the season he looked like the best he left back legend. Yeah. Um, best left back in the game. Um, and then, you know, he had some issues and some problems, but then he came out to play this game. And um, um, Ricky, Ricky Puige, um is, is, is a diva. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw some things on social media about it. Why, why don't you he explain is to the diva. listeners? <laughs> so there's a, there's, there's a moment where he, like, I think around the 10th, 12 minutes like early on where he dribbles and tries to squeeze himself into two defenders and he falls over right he he's, he claims that he's fouled and i think is it um trying to figure out is it uh Murillo? i think it's Murillo that comes up to him and like says something to him and then you know ricky is short so i don't know what's up to him but he can he stands up and he sort of headbutts him and then Murillo's on the floor and then there's this whole thing going on and all this stuff Right. And then like, um, you know, like 10 minutes later, right. Like uh, Raheem Edwards commits a foul, literally like right outside the box. People thought it was, it was first called a PK, but then it was reversed because where the foul took place and Ricky is yelling at Edwards. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, I was like, dude, this guy's been saving your butt this whole freaking, you know, game and doing stuff. And here you are yelling at him. He's like, you don't got 10 you over him. What are you doing? Right. And I was like, damn, people who play overseas sometimes can have this complex. So, yeah, so Ricky is a diva and he didn't do that great of a game. So That's funny. maybe, maybe, maybe the Galaxy didn't get the best deal out of that one, but we'll see, you know. But just overall, I think just, I don't know. It, it was good. It was a good game. So three two is the final. Um, yeah. The third goal, though. Oh my gosh. Arango scored a, um, had a Chicho, brace, right? Yeah, Chicho yeah. scores literally in overtime. I think, I think that the was the one. Goal, yes. It was um yeah, it was 93rd minute. So did did you see I don't I, it might have been I don't know how they they showed the, showed it on the broadcast but obviously later on there was a much closer cam on that one he he goes to the supporters to celebrate in the crowd. Did did you see who like gives him a hug or who like I don't know if it's a hug or a high five or whatever but right up in his face. That's his wife, I thought. Mm, I'm not on the last one. He's uh, he's in with Owen Wilson. Oh, Owen Wilson. That's right. I did see him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's always fun for the like to see the Hollywood stars like 
come but, out. I mean, that was that stuff. was you know that was a fox in the box type of goal, right? Mm-hmm. And he scored in a very important minute, and because Bale was not on the list, um, he's injured. But here's my thing. To me, is is just that um, it's like at one point there were rumors, and I don't know how much the asking price for LAFC when they were shopping up Chicho is. But sure as heck, we could have used a Chicho player um, going into those late rounds. Tale as old as time. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, pay him $6 million. I don't care, you know. Yep. He's proven that he's worth it. And I think with um, um, who's a uh, Buanga scored, uh, scored two goals. So that's, a, that's, that's great. Does this, only scores one goal during the season and scores a brace in the playoffs. I mean, save the best mm-hmm. for last. And so that's where we're we're heading to, um, you know, um, FC Dallas versus like, no, I'm sorry. The winner of Austin, Austin and FC. And, You're right. You got it. So we'll see that. So, yeah, that's what do they call that? The Texas Derby or something yep, like that. The so Derby tomorrow. And then on the other side, uh, Club de Foot and NYCFC, that could be an interesting one. And all winner of that will get Philly in the uh, semi. Uh, obviously the, the two Texas teams you can get LAFC. So we're getting down to it, Rodrigo. Um, Two weeks, November 5th is the MLS Cup. So it's coming fast. We'll keep you updated as we move through. Um, speaking of more playoffs, everybody's kind of wrapping things up. NWSL. Um, I, I, this, is, this is mostly the Rodrigo show. You got more, way more of these than I did. So take it away. Houston Dash hosting Kansas City. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say one thing first, and I'll let you do a little game analysis. Um, Houston hosts Kansas City. San Diego hosts Chicago. What's incredible about this is um, Houston set a playoff attendance record with 21,284 supporters, which is just incredible. And I know things are difficult and awkward and weird and frustrating with everything that we've covered on this program with the Yates report and the terrible things happening in the NWSL. But nonetheless, for for fans to like turn out and show up and support uh, these extremely talented women is pretty amazing. so everybody was impressed with that 21,284 number. And then like a few hours later, <laughs> it gets it gets blown up and beat in San Diego. 26,215 supporters for the biggest crowd. So they just threw them all together and just like, you know what? It's the two biggest crowds in NWSL playoff history. You, you can both run with it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and it was and it was great. I think that um that Houston Dash Casey game, I thought Houston Dash. You know, it was really the team that was pressing and doing all the damage. And um, Kansas City um, were, were kind of on the counter. And, I mean, Kansas City kind of hits first with uh, La Bonta um, um, scoring like five minutes in. And then Sophie, Sophie Schmidt scored it in, a, in the first half of the 21st minute. I mean, it was pretty even. And you were really thinking – we're going to go into a shootout, extra time. And then literally, like, there were so many injuries, so many stoppage jumps, like 10 minutes of extra time. Uh, and new sub, um, Kate Delfava, comes in, um, hasn't scored all season, and scores the game winner. Awesome. Before first, we, we, it, it scores the game, the game winner. And it was just one of those like, wow, you know, that's, that's good narrative. That's, that's, that's just awesome. Right. Yeah. So good. good and, on. and, you know, that's all you can do. And mm-hmm. Kansas city pulled off, pulled off on a real big upset and they're moving on. And then the next game of course was, you know, the, the wave game. And I thought, I thought that game was was a great game too. Um, like we were watching it, and like you know, it was it was a lot of back and forth. Uh, and Yuki Nagasato scores in the tenth minute for the Red Stars, and it was like wow, like it was a mistake by the goalkeeper. Like oh I don't know God. how that yes. happens. That's yes. like you just pass it literally into the same player as you're trying to clear yep. the ball, and then what boom, a howler! Just what chips a howler! You. And I'm like, wow, that's 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 scary. And then. Yep. Um, and Emily Van Eggman scores in the 67th and like, you know, and going back and forth for the, for the very long time. Like we're thinking again, Oh, we're going to head. We're, we're totally going to, to, to do that. 
And again, you know, there was a lot of um, um, extra time. Uh, and then we're thinking we're going to hit to, we're going to hit the PKs again. We might hit the PKs. And then Alex Morgan, 110th minute. Just, Speaking of narrative, had to be her, right? Right. You know, boot, golden boot winner. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the HR uh, representative for the NWSL. I mean, you know, beautiful goal, bounces weirdly like you needed to bounce and it goes in and, and that's your game. Yeah. I mean, and so we, we're getting we're getting the final as a conference final, right? We're getting um, the wave and the thorns. Yep, that's tomorrow. And then, um, yep, and so that's, that's going to be crazy. Like, yep. I can't wait. And you get the oil, oil rain versus uh, Kansas City. So that's both on on, um, on Sunday. And that's just, I, I can't wait. I mean, this, this the playoffs this year have been much, much, a lot, much more, much funner. And I like it that um, at least the timing of these games, at least the TV timing, is they're not interfering with either the MLS or anything else, right? So I get, we get to watch all of it. And so, like, I've been really hyped about this, and um, I can't wait to see uh, what happens with the waves and, and the Thorn game because that's going to be the game I'm going to watch the most. So I don't know if you were doing this subconsciously or not, Rodrigo, but for the listeners, uh, Rodrigo was holding up like the devil horns rock <laughs> sign. <laughs> Did you notice you were doing that? <laughs> or are you just <laughs> subconscious? It was subconscious, good. Subconscious. It was, subconscious. It was great. I mean, it, it worked itself in. You're we talking like, yeah, it does rock. You're right. <laughs> All right, let's let's take a break and we'll do some internationals. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota Football Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show. It is always, of course, international news time, and we can start off with some Ballon d'Or news. C'est plus français. Yes. Um, doesn't happen very often where you have repeat winners. Um, and I think this may have, uh, maybe Rapino is, is the only one that's won it two times in a row. Uh, but Puteas on the women's side, Alexia Puteas for uh, Barcelona, repeats. Um, so good on her. And then I don't think people were too surprised. I mean, Benzema had a, he he won all the things last year. So good on him to win. Although he's you know we we've discussed that he is a bit of a not a bit he is a problematic persona. Um, but he wins. So out of Um I don't, I'm, I'm going to come back to this one later because there's, there, I think there's a more important piece and narrative to this whole, you know, it's glitz, glam, elite, doing elite things at all these award ceremonies. But then there was this really, really interesting political moment. And I'm saving it for the end for the good stuff. So, Rodrigo. Did, did you see the picture of um, that uh, Benzema posted on, on, on the social medias? It's like, it's like him with, the the good Ronaldo, right? The the better mm. Ronaldo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, some other legends that are on there, and I was like, wow! I was like, I didn't know these people showed up for these kind of ceremonies. I figured oh, once yeah. you retire, hey, everybody's don't. there. You know? Now everybody's there. Yeah, he he, so. he got the award presented to him by um, by Zidane, and yep. you know that mm-hmm. was that was a, like a kind of a special moment since he kind of like brought him up and yeah. they were. And I and I think it's interesting too because like yeah. Benzema won by a large margin and it was crazy. Yep. Yeah, because like he got like five hundred and forty nine votes, and the next person next to him, which was uh, Sadio Mane, was one hundred and ninety three. I was like, that's that's insane. Right. I still thought Salah should have got it, but it's like one hundred and sixteen votes, and you know, I mean, Messi doesn't even make the list. So there you Didn't go. Make the list. Didn't make the list. Um. Okay, Rodrigo. <laughs> this. this just more here we go more qatar world cup madness oh um, this is this is fun folks. this, this is, is a fun. this is a late entry but also an extremely important one so Rodrigo, you you take it away so um we've all heard about the wonderful things that you know there's 
estimated like about 1.2 million people that are going to go to the World Cup. And apparently 1.2 million people have a credit score of 860 and above because literally like, I don't know how you do that. Uh, and I don't know if that means that you have to rent all three boats to have your uh, your Viking sexcapade happenings on that or <laughs> wait, 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 you, you, you can't just be throwing that one with, in without any context i let you do it last time so for any listeners that are not from the twin cities or minnesota do you want to give them a little background of just what google viking sex boat just google viking fine, sex fine, boat fine, then you get yeah. that's all you got to do google is your friend people fine fair it's enough, like, fair we're, enough. We're, that's, anyway you go ahead and do that and then you this is what we mean because we don't know how the Qatari government is going to regulate all the things that are are illegal in their culture and in their country mm-hmm. that a lot of people do it because they're going to the World Cup. So I have no idea how this is going to be regulated or what is it is. Um, all I know, this is going shark. to be an Amazon Prime series um, with like Ryan Reynolds um, rescuing, um, you know, what was that uh, shit show? music fest fire the fire festival right yeah That's what, yeah something like that it's, it's going to be like it's going to be like horrible like you know yeah. you have the you have the white favelas and <laughs> and and i don't even know if they have porta potties or even believe in that i have no idea apparently there's a there's an area where you can get drunk uh and it's a sober zone i don't know how that's gonna work i just i, I feel like this is going to be like there's going to be lots of people missing that coming back home. That's the way I didn't, feel. Didn't even it. mention like the the uh, monitoring of LGBTQ folks. Right, right, right. right. It's, it's but to, be... to add insult to injury. Yeah, please. Here we go. Um, Qatar requires all 1.2 million people that are visiting for the World Cup um, to download a spyware app. Um, well, so... they're, they're calling it a COVID-19 app. Right. However... Right. But it's a back channel, literally, that can have take information from your phone, like all this, exactly. all this other kind of stuff. And um, it, it can be overrided easily, install software and disable someone's lock screen. Like, so, so literally, Interpol is sal- salivating at the idea they're about to <laughs> deputize 1.2 million people to become international spies, right? And it's just, I, I, I don't understand. Like, it just... This is like the novella that gets scarier and scarier every time you open up and hear news about what's going to happen in Qatar. And I'm like, it's it's dystopian, man. It's like some really dark sci-fi stuff. It's it's scary. It's, and, I, and, I, and I don't comprehend like, yes, I'm excited for World Cup. Yes, I'm excited for the games. I'm excited for the fandom. Yes. But all this other stuff that's happening, I I I can't like fathom why anyone would want to go. Yeah, and can afford to go. Like if you can afford to go, I always need people who you know kind of vouch for me at the bank so I can get an extra loan for some kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we please, need those please, people. Please subscribe to our two billion dollar level Patreon. That's right. Yeah, you know, just it's just two billion dollars. I just, mean, yeah, pocket change. Um. Yeah, and we'll be covering all of these sociopolitical aspects when we do our coverage with the Daves as well. Obviously, we'll be talking about the actual sporting events themselves, but we're not going to... Apparently, Fox News, uh, this was just... I heard this on, on Burn All Down, actually. They're not going to talk politics at all. They're just going to you know, do what they do and cover the games or whatever. You mean, specifically... you mean like Fox Sports, not Fox, Fox News? Fox Sports, yeah. sorry, thank you. Well, I was going to say, wait, Fox News is going yeah, to... Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but I think that's the point, though. They're, they're, they're still tied in together, and so they signed this whole agreement with the Qatari government that they're not going to cover anything but the actual matches. We are not doing that. And all I right. think everybody that listens to this program, is that will be no surprise. We're going to do the full breadth of, yes, the matches, but then also all of this sociopolitical weight that's happening okay. behind it. I, here's my conspiracy theory and then when we talk to the daves we can we can we can wager maybe a friendly wager but i believe that someone's going to invite uh the former former president to go there and he just doesn't come back <laughs> yeah possibly. and then that would be a possibility i mean like that's the easiest way for him to get out of all the trouble he is and we know quite elaborately how he doesn't like to follow the rules and Boom. 
Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Let's send the former president to Qatar. Let's do that. Well, he'll just he'll just lead a he'll lead a fascist uprising via social media, just from from outside the U.S. <laughs> that'll that'll be what happens. Um, okay, let's go to EPL. I uh, got a couple things here. Some interesting news that kind of broke. Uh, there are very few details on this whole situation, but at this point, there are so many U.S.-based owners of different Premier League teams um, that they're clearly talking to one another, and they're clearly watching at least a little bit of MLS because they saw the kind of the preseason COVID tournament that happened in Florida. They saw the NWSL tournament, and they, they just kind of seen these little microcosm tournaments before, and they pro- and they must have <laughs> pulled together and started lobbying the other owners and being like, hey, this is kind of interesting. Why don't we do instead of just flying around and doing these, you know, four fun preseason matches with random European teams, usually B squads. Why don't we go to the U.S. and actually set up a legitimate tournament with something to play for? Maybe it's a new trophy again. Not exactly sure, but that's kind of the idea. They want to do a legit preseason U.S. based tournament uh, with actual first teamers and, and not. B and C squads, um, obviously for the Gineiro, that's the main thing, getting that, getting the payments and the monies. Um, but then also, I don't know, uh, they're already, they're, they're well aware that the attention from people in the country is on the league. So I think that they're just trying to like put two and two together and bring it here. Uh, thoughts for the Rio. Like, are they bringing all the EPL over or it's just select teams? That is a great question. I would imagine select teams, but again, we just we just don't have details at this point. Yeah, I mean, money wise, people will go, and so it's a good way to fill up a stadium preseason. The problem becomes is um, you know the timing for MLS teams. Like, are they will they also be in the same preseason? It's like you know, and of Not course, sure. anytime you do anything like this, injuries, right? It's injuries that you're mostly worried about. Yeah, yeah. That that is a good question. Not sure about that one. So I mean, as always, just like when the um when the new league was announced for Mexico and MLS, like my question is always like, what did the players get out of this? Right? Like mm-hmm. what did they get out of it besides just destroying their bodies a little bit longer? Right. Yeah. What else did they get? So that's that's my well, main question on this too. It's, so. it's almost like the players don't matter as much where they go, and it's the owners that, that are looking for a little bit more profit. Almost, just just almost. Darn it! Um, Damn how you, about, capitalism. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, something interesting happened today. Uh, we we miss our comrade Bridget as always, and we're not going to speak poorly of her team. However, uh, big win for Nottingham Forest, one nil over Liverpool. The tricky trees, tricky trees did Liverpool dirty. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. One nil's the final, but I mean, this is the team that was recently promoted and hasn't been in the Premier League in whew, a long time. Like yeah, decades, I think. Um, and I think I think they're are they sitting in relegation right now? They're down there. <laughs> yeah, they're down there. <laughs> they're down there. But anyway, it's a good. It's a big win. So good on them. Yeah, they're currently um, in nineteenth place. So yeah, right. So Copa do Brasil is over and Flamengo are just going to win all the things this year. It's kind of the way the universe is determining things. Uh, Corinthians put up a good battle. It was a 1-1 regulation and our early goal by Pedro and later goal by uh, Juliano and like towards the end for Corinthians Uh, goes all the way to penalties. We've talked previously about all these games going to pens and does the same thing, but Flamengo wins. So they get the trophy. Um, and then they basically get a week, not even, um, wait a minute, seven, 10 days. They get a week and a, and a little bit of change. And then they get a flight to uh, Guayaquil, Ecuador to play the Libertadores final and bring home potentially more hardware. <laughs> so again, it's just, it's rough if you're a Flamengo supporter right now, just nonstop championships back to back to back. Um, Where do they keep all the trophies? That's my question. Yeah. Very good one. A very good one. Um but anyway, they've, they've got a great squad, and it will be fun. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming they're probably going to wrap it up as well with Libertadores. But, but, I mean, this is a team that could definitely compete with uh, 
the Champions League teams. So I, I and I'd love to see them in a club world cuff. <laughs> Can you imagine it is it is not beyond the realm of possibility that Flamengo and Seattle Sounders could play. That would be an interesting, fun one. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun in Seattle might just get mopped across the floor. <laughs> that would be that would be yeah that would be a game where you're like ooh, what are the odds um, that Flamengo ends the game in the first half? Literally, right, right. Uh, my cousin, one of my cousins, kind of surprised me. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know that he was going, but then sent me a photo from Maracana. So you got to enjoy that that big Copa do Brasil win. So that that is one of the stadiums um, I do want to go visit at one point. So but. I've seen it from a bit of a distance, but I've not been inside. So maybe we can do that thing together. Um, all right. So the big good news one for the week is going back to the uh, Ballon d'Or. This is the first time that they've ever presented this new award. We've mentioned it on previous shows: the Socrates Award for uh, activism and social um just doing social work outside of just being a player uh in in in, in football named of course after socrates self-explanatory there uh so it goes to sadio mane so parabéns so he's the first winner um they said the dedicated to action and solidarity in and out of football um a couple things to uh highlight Similarly to uh, Vinicius Jr., who <laughs> appears on this program every time, I feel like, he has built not only a school, but also a hospital in his hometown in Senegal. So that was, those are a couple of the things that allowed him to win this thing. And he's just a sweet, sweet dude. Like, he's a really, really nice guy, um, which, which seems like it's kind of a low bar kind of thing with a lot of uh, pro, sport, pro athletes. But, you know, in this case, it really does ring true. Uh, so congrats to him. And within this speech, so Hai, who played for the, uh, the 94 winning um, uh, Seleção Brasileira, he played in France. I think he was a PSG guy. I can't remember right now. Maybe it was Lyon. I don't know, but he's, he's fluent in French. So he was doing his whole spiel in French. Um, he was talking about his brother, who is Socrates, and how the award represents him and his beliefs and, um, you know, just fighting for something bigger than oneself and the union and democracia corinthiana and all that stuff and then he he kind of gets into this tirade where he basically says if my brother were still alive there'd be no question what he would do in this upcoming election obviously referring to lula and bolsonaro and he he holds up the you know the first finger and thumb like we call in the u.s like the loser sign but down there right now it's the lula sign um, and he gets a pretty good, pretty good round of applause and all that. And uh, yeah, just just an interesting little turn there where it was all pretty like milk toast and nobody's really talking about. He's like he's political. like middle finger to Bolsonaro. Exactly, exactly. It was all, yeah. Nobody was doing anything really radical in terms of what they were talking about. Again, with this super elite space, and then Hai is just like, nah, this is this is the award named after my brother. Like, I gotta I gotta do this thing right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was cool. It was cool to see. And again, congrats to Mane for winning. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's all that's I got. Good news to end. I mean, that's I don't I don't got much of nothing else. So yeah. Yeah. For for those outside of Minnesota, it is we we mentioned it earlier at the top of the show that it was really nice yesterday. It is going to be ridiculously nice today for a very late October weekend where going to crack 70 degrees which does not happen that often nope. um so we're going outside i imagine you guys are going outside yeah going over to my mom's and then doing yard work outside and who knows we might we might do a bonfire tonight too so yes there you go cool man well it was love to see you uh to see you two days in a row it was really nice that's right and, yeah uh, in person and virtually indeed indeed we'll be back next week uh have some more updates on MLS and NWSL and whatever else happens, but thank you listeners and uh, patreon.com backslash MN football show, putting in little outtakes and fun things there for you all. Um, every once in a while, like last week with Justin patrons might want to uh, contribute and we're open with that for those that are paying us to help us out. You know, that's a small thing that we can do uh, as a favor in return. You want to talk about something specific, whether in his case, it was Europa league or, some other random team that you're following that we may not hit cool 
you, you can do that as a patron. And, um, and definitely when, when as more World Cup's going to get moving here shortly, you know, if there's a specific squad or player or whatever, and you're a patron, bring it in. We're happy to put that in as well. But thank you, Rodrigo, as always. Let's go for you, Gia. So nice. All right. Hey, everyone, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back next week. Sounds good. Bye-bye.